Hello, and welcome back to the Socially Distanced Podcast. I am your host, Al Manorino. With me, as always, is the editor-in-chief of PopBreak.com, Bill Bodkin. Bill, what's going on? Hey, guys. Um, so, preamble, uh, I am completely with it as compared to last episode, Forgetting Bill Bodkin. There's a reason you should forget me on that episode, because I was very drunk, but... Uh, I will not be making that mistake going forward, so I apologize to anyone who was offended, and if you got a good laugh out of it, hey, least I could do for you. I'm really hoping we could put that episode behind us. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, <laughs> yeah, you say that now, but all week you're like, it was great, it was great, it was great, it was awesome, and I'm oh, like, I'm so sorry, oh, dude. It was, a, it was a great episode for me, <laughs> because I got to witness your just, you know, complete downward spiral oh, it, it was, was fantastic such, and, I, and i came down after the podcast and i'm like i am not drunk at all i am totally great i could have two more drinks and my i was t- talking to my friends on a zoom thing and my wife comes to me the next day she was like you were so drunk and she never says stuff like that she was like i can't believe the stuff you said i'm like she repeated it back to me i'm like i would have said that not drunk but yeah, it was pretty bad, but I am with it this week, man, and I'm uh, ready to rock and roll. Uh, so I think there's someone guest. with us. I was going to say, there's someone with us this week. Uh, Bill, would you like to introduce our guest? So, yeah, so this guest and I have a, a long-running history. She was, the was because not anymore, the yeah. youngest staff member to ever start writing for the Pop Break. Started writing in high school. Don't remember the, the, the year. But I met her at the first and only, I want to say, skate and surf that happened at Six Flags Great Adventure. And yep. that's when uh, Fall Out Boy was making their comeback. And Macklemore was the other headliner. And it rained the whole weekend. And a friend of mine was dating her sister and was like, hey, her little sister likes to write. I don't know. Throw her a story or something. Seven or eight years later, we're on a podcast together. Laura Dengrove, what's going on? Hey guys, nice to be on. Um, yeah, I actually started writing when I was a sophomore in high school. So, and that was a long wow. time ago. <laughs> but yeah, You've graduated college. You're you're out Job there in the world. <laughs> All grown Part up now. You're out there in quarantine. Oh yeah. And How is your quarantine? It's you know what it's going. I'm a caretaker for or care. I mean, like, that makes it seem like my parents are very old, but, like, uh, they're both high risk uh, for COVID, so I am their caretaker for this time. Um, I've been with them every day doing all the errands, so it's been a little a little hectic, but, I mean, recently, since the uh, CDC has said that as long as you know people are safe, you can see them, like, you know exactly where they've been. So my sisters have been, because they've been quarantining, they've been able to see us, so it's been getting a little better. But still, stay home, guys. Don't... <laughs> Don't be dumb, but it's I, nice. I'd also you're, like to comment. You're, uh, you're doing the, the Lord's work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like it's to, hard, but... I like to comment on Laura's scrunchie on her wrist. She's really throwing oh. it back to the 90s right now. Oh, yeah. Nah, I love. First of all, scrunchies, every woman Those wants scrunchies to came back. Yeah. No, not even they came back. They're like the best for holding your actual hair. Like, they actually stay. But you're not wearing it on your hair. I'm, I know I'm you're not. It on that's why it's very 90s. Because it's <laughs> on the wrist. It came it's fashion. Back. It's fashion. So. It's like the uh, Visco girls. The Visco VS- girls. Yeah. 
Oh God. My my wife's best friend's daughter who lives in the UK, they came back over to here uh, last summer and it was I heard all about Visco Girls and she explained to me and my wife and we're like, Oh, so you're like someone from the nineties. Cool. Yeah. Same thing. It's just co- it's just coming back around. Yeah, I honestly didn't know any of those terms until like a year ago. I feel like I know I'm only twenty four, twenty five in two months, but uh oh, I I know, I'm excited. I mean, I'm probably going to celebrate home, but it's okay. Um, I know, like, no young people slang. Like, it's it's unfortunate. Like, I have, like, the, the vocabulary of someone that's my sister's age. So, in their late 30s, early 40s. Oh, well, well yeah. you, could, you could celebrate at home, or you can celebrate with this segue. Our first topic, seriously, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? Uh, this week's seriously, what the fuck? Uh, we're still talking about uh, you know the fallout of uh, live events uh, during COVID nineteen, during quarantine, and uh, during twenty twenty, which has just been a giant clusterfuck. But uh, a, an article that came out this week uh, from Rolling Stone said that Live Nation is planning for crowdless shows and drive in concerts. Uh, I think. You know, as soon as the movie theaters closed, we were talking about driving theaters, like making the comeback that we've all wanted, but have it's we have not really seen it. It's just kind of been sporadic well, I think and in scattered. Jackson, New Jersey, they're starting that, and yes, I swear there is a big movie theater. If anyone is in New Jersey, knows what I'm talking about by the Driscoll Bridge heading north. There was an mm-hmm. old movie theater that used to be a drive-in. But that movie theater has been out of business for like 15 years. Razzmatazz used to be there, which was like a Chuck E. Cheese. And I have wanted to build a movie, a, a drive in there, but it, the land is so expensive. Yeah. If I could do it, if I had the money, I would open a drive in movie theater right there and it would be glorious. And you guys wouldn't have to pay to get in. Oh, there oh you go. too. Not anyone listening at all. Excellent. <laughs> uh, I, thought it, I thought it was just for all socially. For free. Uh, well, you know, uh, Live Nation has seen a 25% drop in concert revenue, a 16% drop in ticketing revenue uh, in Q1. Uh, they need to make some moves because their business is not doing well. Um, I I have so many mixed feelings about this idea, um, but I really want to talk to you guys about it. Bill, drive-in concert. Well... So uh, I'm going to complicate this theory in this story, in this segment. Uh, today, a former colleague, I used to work for the Star Ledger slash NJ.com. Uh, a former colleague of mine, Bobby Olivier, who wrote for the Pop Break, interviewed John Sher, who is a, or John Sher, who is a famous New Jersey concert promoter, did the massive English Town show for the Grateful Dead at Raceway Park, what, tens of thousands of people. Um, he said, not only about driving concerts, but there is a possibility that GA or general admission standing room only venues, 80 to 90% of them could be wiped out because of COVID-19. We may never get a GA concert again, according to this guy who's been doing it for 40 years. So it's like, it's kind of crazy that like one, we might lose that. And our alternative is drive-in festivals, which to me, it's like, I don't know. I don't want to sit in my car, really, and listen to show and listen to a show. I mean, 
like I watched the Dropkick Murphy special on St. Patrick's Day. That was cool for what it was. But man, it's going to be weird because like concerts, it's it's not just a, it's about the live experience. Yeah. Not I mean, tuni- not tuning into a specific radio station on my car where I can hear it or I can't even roll down the windows to hear my the concert because of the threat of virus, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, with the drive-through like movie situation, I feel like it's so different because there's a nostalgia area, like you know, feeling there. Because then you can kind of feel like, oh, you know, back and this is what they used to do back in the day, and you know, I can kind of have this experience where we can still kind of all be together. But when it comes to music, I feel like what's the difference between that and, like you said, like listening to music and you know, on Spotify or something, and just not really having the same experience. It's it's a different feeling when you go to a concert with the group of people and everything. And I get what they're trying to do. I get the, you know, the modifications that need to be done in, you know, post coronavirus, you know, world. But at the same time, it's just, I don't really think for music, that's what needs to be done. I mean, you know, I, I agree. I, I liked when the dropkick Murphys did their thing on St. Patty's day. It was, not, I'm not saying it was a necessity, but like you listen to their songs on St. Patty's Day. It's it's kind of tradition here. Oh, and- absolutely. And it, it was it came at a time so early on in the pandemic where you're like, wow, this is such a great, yeah, little bit of relief as opposed to this is the new norm. Exactly, and yeah. when, I just it's it's just different with music. I feel like when you pay for a ticket half the experience there is the experience going Mm -hmm. and seeing these people live. It's, it's different. I mean, it kind of just feels like you're just listening to a live set, you know, and, but not actually being there. I just don't think that's really what people are paying for. And I know that they're saying that like, it was like in the article, it was like 91% of people didn't want to return. Didn't want any refund. But the problem there is that, a lot of those refunds were to get in the first place. So, I mean, I, I kind of feel like there was a, it's not that 91% of people wanted to wait for shows. The refunds were hard to get and they don't want to wait for a show that is, you know, distancing themselves from the actual going to the show. So I just think it's kind of a, I don't want to say a waste of time, but it's, it's not the same. I think some people like I am, like I have not to a concert n- nerd alert coming I have a show tickets to a show that was supposed to happen in Newark. It was a wrestling show, and I had luxury seats, and it's the best seats I've ever had. Yeah. And that got, was supposed to be March 25th, got postponed to July 25th. That's not going to happen, but we haven't asked back for our money yet because we're like, well, what happens if everything clears up? We still want those seats, so we want to hold yeah. on to that. But like – like the like I said, the movie is because you're in a theater and like a car is cool. You turn to the state, you turn to a station. I've done it before, like when I was in college, and you watch the screen. It's cool. You're like in the seat, and mm-hmm. even in a theater. And now they're talking about with this. I think in this article is like with theaters, you could have socially distanced concerts, but even that's so weird. I've seen like mock layouts of like how the seating would happen and the price structure. It's insane. It's so high. No, I mean, if that's the case, I'd rather the refund. I mean, I'm in the same boat as you. I actually had tickets to a live recording of a podcast um, that was supposed to be in New York City in March, and they moved it to November. And um, my partner and I are just kind of trying to see if things, you know, kind of clear up. But I mean, it's kind of a up in the air situation. But I don't want to. 
I mean, it's a podcast. I can just listen to it on my, you know, my phone, but it's the experience of being there and getting to meet these people and say like, oh, I love your show. And so it's different. Yeah. I, the, the whole drive-in concept for a, a concert, I feel like it's like Fathom Events' wet dream. Like, finally, <laughs> like, finally yes, it is. people are going to come see one of our things. Um, <laughs> oh, man, that's so you know good, I mean? man. Oh Who's the Fathom events? <laughs> I want to meet someone that's gone to a Fathom. I, have I gone to a Fathom? I event? think I've gone. I, to, to... I think I've done one, maybe, and I think it was when they re-released like Pretty in Pink or Sixteen Candles on Valentine's Day, and my wife wanted to see it. It was like a at a movie theater, and I I, I did that, but I, I don't know anyone who's. I think we've reviewed a Fathom event on the. I site. don't even assume that Fathom events are just empty theaters with like one or two people. Like, yeah, this is like, awesome. When- when they do, like, I remember uh, former guest on the show and producer of this podcast, Lucas Jones, I think he went to a Fathom event of, like, a, like a Metallica show. Yes. Like, so he got to yes, watch a Metallica performance. In the last uh, few years, yeah, yeah. No, it was yeah. the, I think it was the, when they did the symphony again. Um, well, yes. I don't know if he went to that one, but he went to another one. But I know that one was pretty recent. But the, 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 the concept is um, there is a giant concert that they tape live and then fathom does like this, like one night only or like limited engagement, like come to the movie theater that has fathom events and we'll, you can see this. It's like a very niche, like concerts and uh, plays, opera, all that kind of stuff. Very niche select theaters, uh, select cities. Uh, The whole point is that's the only time that I would even think of going to see a concert in a movie theater. Right. So me driving up to go watch a concert is the kind of the same concept. And I don't know if I want to do that when I could just do it from my house. And I don't even want to do that like at all. And it's also like, you know, you're going to run into the same problem. (laughs) It's weird. Like, okay, so you're driving a Honda civic and you're parked right behind a Range Rover. I mean, okay, cool. I can't see, you know, it's like, and it's, and it's like, I don't know. It's just you're still where is it? You're in a theater watching or your house watching a concert. You're unencumbered in a lot of ways. Whereas like you're now like if you're listening to it in a drive through setting, what I'm thinking of going based off my drive through movie experiences, there's someone performing on stage. I now have to like listen to it through a radio, but I can still hear it in the distance. So it's mm-hmm. this weird exchange of sound. Yeah, and so I, I, it's very odd, and I don't get it, and I don't, I don't know if I like it. I, I you know, I know the concert industry has to do something. I've spoken. I have, yeah. we have friends on this, you know, who we work with through the site. It's how we get into a lot of our shows in Asbury and and throughout New York and New Jersey and Philly, who are like, we don't, they don't know how this is going to shake out. They really don't. Yeah, they're they're no, hoping absolutely. for twenty twenty one to be the you know, hey, we got a vaccine and we could. Yeah. Return to normalcy, but like, and it, what is normalcy? Well, you know, but like to what it was you before, know. pre pre pandemic, and I don't know if we're ever going to get that again. No, that's that's never going to happen. What is it though? Because like, are you going to get all sweaty at a punk show and start like moshing when well, when you could at, be getting the disease? Yeah, look at pro wrestling. I mean, the independent yeah. scene is it's GA. It's rarely in theaters. It's standing room only. House Independence. I mean, they they packed that place up for GCW, which is it's not a big place. Not a big place. How yeah. are you going to do it? Like, yeah. how are these? You know, how are live events? 
theater, you know, comedy clubs. I mean, you're never going to get that full capacity again. So you have to, but also the opposite. I think one thing we have to also temper our expect our worry about is that we all don't know the future and how this is going to be. This isn't like a union strike of stagehands or if you're a football fan, like a player strike or, you know, a writer strike on TV where you kind of know things will eventually sort out. We don't know that like tomorrow there couldn't be a breakthrough or we also don't know if in five years there's going to be a breakthrough. So yeah, there's a, a huge sliding scale, I think, to worry about uh, or have concern about. But I don't know. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna start small, where it's gonna be the pay per view concerts, and I know they're rolling some test runs out there. So I think we're gonna see a blend, and I, I think we're gonna see more live stream sales. I think than drive up ticket sales. In my oh, opinion. yeah, yeah. I I. I understand drive-in movie theaters, right? Like oh, if totally. If they change, going on. If, if they rechange the model of, okay, we we have this new movie. It's Black Widow. We're gonna we're gonna release it now. We're only gonna release it in drive-ins, and then it's gonna hit VOD like a month later. I'm going to go to a drive and I'm going to go see it. That's what, I what they're doing it. with uh, – well, we just reviewed it too from Orion Pictures, the remake of Valley Girl. Mm-hmm. A lot of it – and which is kind of like fitting since it's a remake of an 80s film. They're doing it in drive-ins right now. It's great. And, and, it's, and it's they're doing part. VOD simultaneously because yeah. drive-ins aren't that um, you know abundant. Yeah, but see, that's the difference between – I feel like more people are like, I want to go for that experience of the drive-in for a movie – Versus a concert. And I mean, that's sad because, I mean, I'm a big, obviously, supporter of the arts. I love everything, rather it be music, television, writing, whatever. And I do think during this time, especially artists like that, in whatever capacity, need to be supported. And I really do think music might be, like, at least concert-wise, is going to be hit really hard. And I don't know if there's really a way to avoid that because, Again, you know, not to repeat myself, a big, you know, love for a lot of people when they go to these live shows is that experience of, you know, being with fans and being with other people. And I just. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a kid who's grew up in the, you know, we're from New Jersey, obviously, if you grew up in this Monmouth County, Jersey Shore area, you know, running into people at the Stone Pony or See Here Now or the PNC Bank Art Center, that's part of the draw of going to a show like this. And um you know, especially the art center, like that's a tough sell because that's where all the COVID testing is right now. So who the hell wants to go to a concert there right now? You know, and that draws in, you know, over, you know, tens of thousands of people per year. Yeah. And that's crazy. So it's, it's a t- it, music and I think music and I don't know, I'll say pro wrestling are going to suffer the most because they, a lot of their shows are standing room only. And how can you get people? into those shows create a vibe that is you know palpable or palatable yeah. i should say yeah because i've watched wrestlemania with no people and it's the weirdest and saddest thing in the world uh, yeah i mean unless you're in florida then you're uh still going to your essential WWE. oh yeah but i mean even then they were still doing no no crowds and it's still very yeah. weird yeah and, but like let's be honest my family's from florida like i have some cousins that live there but it's florida they're still you know on top yeah. of each other <laughs> yeah and 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 then supposedly florida you know missouri was saying about a week or so ago they were going to reopen venues for concerts and 
You know, yeah. they're looking at non-COVID states. I think even the article you pointed to, Al, non-heavy COVID states, we're going to try this. So it's... I worry for Asbury. I mean, being from Asbury, I worry so because most of... I mean, I don't... Like, honestly, like in the 90th percentile of income for Asbury is the summer. I mean, we have a lot of tourists that come here and I mean... You know, we all joke, you know, the Bennies and da 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 da. But at the end of the day, like, we support each other. You know, no, we have. No, no one knows that better than me. I've <laughs> covering yeah. the bar scene for 10 years. Like, and I've talked to people at the boardwalks and stuff. And the beaches may be open, but the concerts are going to be in the bars are going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen. Yeah. And all the local businesses. I mean, I know so many. I'm, I'm personal friends with a lot of the business yeah. owners. And I mean, I, I worry for them. I try. I mean, I myself, I'm not, you know, loaded with money, but I share what I can and I give what I can. And it's, I, I really hope these businesses and these concerts and artists, you know, they're supported in some way. I mean, this is, this is a devastating time for a lot of people. And I really fear for the arts a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the music venues are the, are the ones that are getting hit yeah. the hardest because artists themselves, not saying they're not being hit, but they can find alternate ways to make money. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We talked venues, about this a few weeks ago. Yeah. We did. Music venues, it's it's rough, right? I mean, they're talking about the Troubadour. Yeah. Like the Troubadour had to do like a GoFundMe, basically. Yeah, and they the you know, yeah. yeah, they're oh, yeah. The Saint, yeah, but I mean like the Saint reached their goal, but at the same time it's like, okay, they reached that goal, but like what's gonna what's be the, the future? Thing? You know, the yeah. pony, like the stone pony, like there's a venue we is in our backyard is like that can almost be a historical, you know, building at this point. Oh, yeah, definitely. But the Wonder Bar, House of Independence, like, you know, Starland, you know, and even our the places we shoot in Philly or New York City that aren't like the garden. Wellmont. Yeah. You know, it's like the Wellmont, like they, they could make out or Count Basie could make out because they have seating. But even then, it's very hard. But, like I know the Count Basie yeah. is actually offering like classes through Disney that you could pay for for certain things. But what seating doesn't do solve anything, right? Because even if it's Yankee Stadium, and yeah, they that's a big thing too. sell, they only sell one seat six feet apart, one seat. Who is monitoring this? Are they going to have yeah. a thousand security guards? Come on. It's not going to happen. And, and, and There's like, no way they're going to adhere to it. And you have to think about in that respect, like the amount, the sheer volume they do in food and alcohol and soft drink sales, like yeah. that's going to come down. There's a whole – like the entertainment industry in general, including sport, is going – is outside of – it's going to be crazy impacted. Like yeah. and like these huge, 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 sorry, huge contracts that we see. Uh, the advertising revenue's gone down because places can't advertise as much because they can't sell. Some places, like, what do we have to advertise? Yeah. You know, so it's it's going to be crazy times coming coming forth, man. And you know, we're going to be talking about it pretty much every week because it's a constantly evolving thing. All right, before we move on, let's just give your final verdict. Uh, do you see uh, – are, are, vote yay or nay, drive-in concert? Bill. Nay. It's a nay. Uh, uh, do you have a follow-up for why? Um, 
because I don't attend that many concerts as is. And if I'm going to drop that sort of money, I'd rather do it watching it on my TV or my laptop and support Mm -hmm. artists that way. Like I think like there are enough really great cinematographers and creatives out there who could go into a Brooklyn bowl or a stone pony or house independence or Trocadero. No, that's out of business TLA. And they could shoot an amazing looking concert that I would pay $20 for as opposed to driving in my car getting that weird like live sound and then listening it probably through my radio and then sitting in my car for two out two to three hours. When can I go to the bathroom? How can I go to the bathroom? You know, like how are we mitigating all that safely when I could just sit in my house and do that? Wow. You just gave, you just gave me a great idea for like what a concert venue could do. Like if I was the stone pony, I would get, all the Jersey acts to come in one at a time, perform a full set and then do like a subscription plan where you can watch these on demand each week. Absolutely. That would be amazing. I would, I would sign up or like Brooklyn bowl because like they're going to pick up Brooklyn bowl. I'll take for example, like just like the stone pony, they do a very specific, they're very jam bands. So you mm-hmm. could be like, okay, sign up through this and you're going to hear these bands. If you're in Brooklyn, you could sign up to get in yeah. Nashville and Vegas and here's what we're doing. Stone Pony, yeah. same thing. It would be a great subscription plan, I think, especially if you love music. Because if you're a diehard music fan, you're going to want to get it. Al, I mean, you like a lot of terrible bands. No, I'm kidding. You like <laughs> a lot of British bands. For example, say there was a venue in the UK who was like, we're going to be doing like Oasis and this band and this band and this band yeah. from, say, an O2 Academy somewhere. Yeah. You great. would probably sign up for that. Yeah, like if if it was five bucks a month for it like, had to be reasonable. Yeah, like give me an artist a week, and it's like not only am I getting to like watch a show, but it's like it's live. It's uh, I can chat with all the people. It's like watching like a Zoom or a Crowdcast. Like yeah. I can. It's like that. Like highly produced. I'm surprised and, they and, haven't done it yet because like yeah, Q and A would be a good smart. kind of added bonus to that too. If you want to kind of have more of an experience with the fans and, you know, kind of makes up for, you know, the other, you know, experience that they're trading in yeah. out of something special, something that you really usually wouldn't get, yeah. you know, it would be like a pre-show it. and a post-show yeah. where you could yeah. be talking to the artists, you know, okay, we just, we just, um, this band perf- open up. Yeah, okay, yeah. we're talking to them now. They just they're yeah. sweaty and came off the stage. We're talking to Queens of the Stone Age, for example. Yeah. Twitter, and then, Instagram Live can be a magical thing. <laughs> and that's how bands are they're, doing tours. They're doing it now, right? They're doing versions of it now. Whether it's like the uh, Jersey for Jersey, either it's mostly for charity or unmonetized. Yeah, right. It's either awareness charity or just like a board of shit like let me play you some songs right there is a way for people to make money from it because we're going to get to a point where it's like all right we have to stop raising money for covid we need to raise money for ourselves because it's month nine and we're still at home and we have no income right so like artists venues they're going to have to like band together and like figure out something right i think this is a good method like perfect example is the post malone nirvana tribute like do one of those a month post malone 
and each month support a different venue that helped you get to where you are today. That's a good idea. Or, or do it from there. Because if you think of yeah. like what Dropkick did, travel. And that, that was travel. A, yeah, that was a perfect. Or if you look what wrestling's doing now, it's just like we are doing this with minimal crew, yeah. minimal people, maximum testing, and we're broadcasting it out because we got a hell of a you know we got a hell of an internet set up here. You know, what I mean that's yeah. that's cool as opposed to me sitting in front of a, a stage somewhere in Homedale. Having to pee, I don't know, you know, what the protocol is, and like, you know, then I got to sit in two hours of traffic going home, you know, instead of ten minutes. Exactly. No, it's it's a hundred percent true, and I think I don't even think you have to do it at the venue to benefit the venue because you have to uh, you have to account for like travel and people want to be like the less germ footprint. I don't know what the the term is, but like they don't want to they don't want to risk anything, sure. right? They don't want to. They don't want to drive a crew or fly a crew to a venue, but they could easily have Post Malone do it in his whatever it was his living room and say, "All right, this this week's tribute, I'm doing fucking just the mamas and the papas, and we're fucking uh, going to be <laughs> that would be <laughs> hilarious and amazing if you could pull that off. And we're gonna and we're gonna benefit the Troubadour, and all the proceeds that we raise tonight are gonna be for the Troubadour. Catch the show next week. We're gonna do the Fillmore Philly." Like that's the way to do it. Yeah, Laura, what do you, what's your Laura, uh, what do you yay guess? or nay for drive-in concerts? I mean, nay. I I mean, I love the idea though, of like a subscription service for a lot of really awesome venues, especially ones that could be in trouble, um, unfortunately, during this time. Um, but I I can't see. I'm the same as you, Bill. Like I don't go to concerts very often. I'm obviously a big movie and television nerd but i do love music and when i go i want to go for you know first of all i want to get what i'm paying for because concerts nowadays are an arm and a leg so i want to get the experience that i'm paying for um i don't think i'll get that in a car however i will say as a short person being in a car i'll probably see the concert much better than i would uh yes, you would. every concert i've ever been to as a five foot pushing five foot one uh I have literally never been able to see a concert clear up except for one. Uh, my friend knew some of the security guards, so they got me to go up front with her, uh, which was nice. But Which concert yeah. was that? Oh, my God. I feel um, the Kooks, I think. Is that what they're? The... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It was, they played in um, somewhere in uh, Philly. Uh, but it was. We probably really shot that show. What? I'll probably shot that show. I never shot the I never shot the Kooks. And I that, was, I never, that had to be Stacy. Can't get into them. No, no, no. This was back in 2015. 2014, 2014, 2015. Um, it was the summer. I remember that. So yeah, it was the only time I've ever been able to see a concert, like actually see it, and not be like, "Hey, person that's six foot four standing in front of me, uh, could you move to the side for like a second? That'd be super." Uh, but yeah, nay. <laughs> so that's long way to nay. So to quote Nick Frost, that's a big old <laughs> to uh, yeah. drive in, con- drive up concerts, drive through concerts, drive in concerts. I'm sorry, is that is that a segue? Are we trying to segue here? Because that's I think that goes into a slice of fried gold. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy. This week's slice of fried gold uh, is. Something I didn't expect. I didn't. I, I, you know, a lot of celebrities 
actors, musicians are doing some fun stuff during quarantine. Uh, I, I think uh, Laura, uh, Laura is going to mention one later in the episode that I'm really excited about. But one thing I did not expect was the reappearance of Robin Sparkles in 2020. Uh, for any How You Met Your Mother fans, uh, Colby Smothers from uh, The Avengers, but uh, we all fell in love with her as um, – <laughs> oh man as, as robin in, as robin in how i met your mother in, in how i met your mother it's just so funny because i i haven't watched this show we were just talking about this um recently like this show was supposed to be my generation's friends like it was this close it was it, it was really it got, close it got very close and it got really completely close completely dropped the ball they didn't yeah they they it lasted about a season or two, two much and then they did the opposite of stick a landing oh god so, my, my boyfriend would hate my boyfriend's like the biggest fan of how i met your mother he owns the complete collection it looks yeah. like a book so when you open it it's the whole dvd yeah. your, boy, your boyfriend I, is I so basic show. Yeah, no, yeah. my boyfriend uh, not only does he look like nick miller he <laughs> loves how i met your mother so but it's yeah i i mean i like I like it. I, I don't it's have a like, good show. Like it was really like the first five seasons of the show are like fantastic. It's a great like story. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the world building in it is great. And they're, um, someone made they're a joke the- on Twitter that like the show takes place now and it's just the father because it's the pandemic. He's just explaining it. I heard oh. that. too. That's actually a really cool fan theory. And it makes me like the show just a smidgen more, yeah. but, but just, I- I love the show because it, it it was one of the best uses of continuity sure. like that I'd ever seen. They would re- reference something from four seasons ago. The blue and they horn. Would like, yeah. Yeah. But like deep, deep, crazy cuts like Murder Train, the song that kept coming up from <laughs> one of Robbins' uh, ex-boyfriends who is uh, – um, Dawson from Dawson's Creek. James Vanderbeek. Vanderbeek. Thank you. Think of Who has like but, four thousand children? Does he really? Does have you, a lot of kids? He did brings you, like. Did you guys yeah. ever see Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment Twenty Three? Yes, I did. Good yeah. show. He like he was amazing in that show. He was great in it. Funny, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. will do very, a Don't Trust the Bee podcast one of these days. He's very underrated. He's a very underrated dude. But let's get back to. Uh, to Colby's Wonder. Robin so, Sparkles. Robin Sparkles. Uh, yeah, so, and it was Robin Shabotsky's. I couldn't think yes. of her actual. Thank you. So, um, I keep saying Robin Sparkles because uh, we find out in, I think, season two that um, Robin, when she lived in Canada, she was a Canadian pop star uh, in the 90s named Robin Sparkles. <laughs> and it's one of the best episodes of the series. And anytime they keep referring back to her past as a pop star, it's always a great episode. But uh, in the, the the first episode that you you meet the character, um, she introduces the world to Let's Go to the Mall, which was like her big hit. And it was a so stupid but so funny, catchy song. And uh, Colby and the uh, – the original writer of the song did uh, rewrote it uh, with new lyrics, and uh, she performed on her like IGTV, uh, and basically it's called "Let's All Stay at Home," which is a, a nice. Uh, it's a, really and, good, actually. It's really, it's really, it's really cute. And, it's really cute. Um, I thought 
I thought it was great. Like, I mean, you know, these things can get really cheesy and really repetitive at this point of just like, you know, um, I, I'm trying to, the imagine one was really bad. Oh, the we imagine keep one is literally oh. the, the, I mean, is basically the <laughs> summation of 2020, just a dumpster fire. It is. Yeah. That was just a yeah. bad idea with a bad execution. All around. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there were ones that were like, fun for a second like the watchman cast like they they got together and they were talking about like washing their hands and uh the wash parks and rec did a really good job i mean parks and rec did i mean i'm mentioning it later but they did a they did uh what's called the the little sebastian song and a lot of people say that that was like michael schuer's like response to the imagine and it was just Uh, actually how you were supposed to do it yeah like kind of funny that's genius Think about that. That's amazing. Oh, he's an amazing writer. I literally watch everything he's ever done. Mike's I amazing. I, he's listen, so good. Uh, I, sing the, I sing the praises of, of Mike Sure, We've talked about Parks a bunch uh, uh, on the show. To watch right now. But um, oh. yeah, no, they did a great job. But uh, but I wasn't expecting. So like, it's not a secret. I'm not like the biggest fan of How I Met Your Mother. I did like the first season, but. I don't know why I just kind of couldn't really like get into it. I've tried really hard, but I really couldn't. I'm going to give it another watch because again, my boyfriend really wants me to. So I will, but I I did not expect like to like this so much. It was just Mm -hmm. really cute. And you could tell how much fun she was having just singing it. And I really appreciate when actors and performers in general are having a lot of fun doing what they're doing especially in this kind of time and you know how everything is so sad a little bit right now so it's just it's nice to see someone being like i'm gonna spread positivity and also i really like what i'm doing right now it's fun and i hope others like it so i really enjoyed it and the lyrics were actually really catchy in terms of uh just what's going on right now so it was really nice yeah uh bill uh were you a fan of how i met your mother well i i think like you like i was a fan of the beginning of how i met your mother and then like after a while, it just got just you know to reference one of our favorite shows, Al Space. It's like skip to the end. Let's skip like the end. Let, let's let's get to the point here, because and then if you look back at like Barney, like now you're like, yikes, a little bit a problematic. A little problematic <laughs> there. Um, but there was some, wasn't too long ago either. <laughs> no, uh, like Slapsgiving is always like fun and it's a great like Thanksgiving like I, I rank that as a great Thanksgiving television episode uh, and I yeah. enjoyed parts of it Ted Mosby worst main character ever like <laughs> he is such a raging douchebag that it's yeah. like how can anyone have sympathy or like I, him he's a dick ba- he's a bag of dicks he's terrible um, I don't either I don't agree because uh, Ross is a character that right. was interesting. Ross world, is the so. worst. The Ross utter is the worst. worst. He yeah. is the he is the standard bearer for just shit. And yeah. like, but I Ted Mosby is out there, man. <laughs> but, Mar- but but Marshall Erickson. Oh, he's a he's us. a Satan patron of all things good yeah. and holy. Uh, but he and I love Jason Segel as I nice. blathered I sort him. of kind of maybe last Where episode about. Does anyone know where Jason Segel is? Yeah, he's on AMC. I I need him right now. He's on AMC. His uh, show Dispatches from Elsewhere. Uh, doing pretty decent. Never heard of this. <laughs> well, AMC is sort of terrible at marketing things that aren't The Walking Dead. 
Um, if yeah, go on. Like if you have, I might be on Hulu right now. So check out Dispatch from Elsewhere. It's him, Andre Benjamin, aka Andre Three Thousand of Outcast, and Sally Field. Uh, it has a very, I think Sally Field, and it has a very, yeah, supposedly no, has a very Twin Peaks can... season one type vibe to it. So it's it's from yeah. what I heard. I've heard very positive things from a lot and, of people on the And the uh, cast you just mentioned is like all people I have not heard of in like 10 years. So like, all right, the, someone was actually doing their job in the casting. Cast was it, isn't, isn't Richard E. Grant in that too? He could be. I know he was in Rise of Skywalker. I know that. <laughs> but um, um, I, I like this show and I like, and I played the song and my daughter was watching Trolls for the hundredth time and she stopped <laughs> watching that you know, felt masterpiece and started, started listening to the song. She's like, Oh, this is a very pretty song. I like it. And so it's just like, you know, Colby Smulders when, you know, let's go to the mall. The first one is cause I'm, you know, older than you guys. And I remember when mall concerts were a real thing. <laughs> Tiffany, Tiffany, Deborah Gibson, you know, all those people. Um, and to see that, I mean, that was such a great episode. It was so hilarious. I can, there's never a time that I will not laugh at that. But this was great. I love the references to Justin Trudeau and Poutine. Anytime you can um, reference those two things in a song and do it well, I'm on board. Did you show, so the original Let's Go to the Mall? Like the, no, the, the music video one? No. Bright colors from trolls, so that took over. Uh, there's a lot of bright colors in that video. Oh, I know. And a robot. But one day I will. That's great. Um, but yeah, that was that was a slice of fried gold. I think we're, we'll play a clip of that either now or later. Who knows? Um, like but let's get bar. into um, the next segment, which is, I believe, sung live on the podcast music in a time of quarantine yeah how did that come off last week by the way oh i i don't think good <laughs> good sweet great uh so uh laura this uh segment we basically talk about a song an album something we're listening to right now to uh take our minds away from all the hell that has been brought upon us. Uh, could be something brand new that people have never listened to. Or it could be comfort music. Um, what do you What do you have for us? So I have actually been revisiting my high school slash Twilight days. Uh, when I was super obsessed with that. I thought you were wearing is, a Twilight shirt, by the way. No, I am not. Oh, God. No, 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 no. First of all, there is a yearbook picture of me from my eighth grade graduation wearing nothing but Twilight gear. Uh, oh, Biggest Twi Hard. So my choice. <laughs> That's why wow. they're called Twi Hards. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't know that. I uh, no one suffered as much as I did, but I just didn't know it. Well, there's so a new book I, out. She just. Oh, I know. And you know what's awful is that there's a huge part of me that's like, oh, I want to read that. <laughs> I don't like. I. Oh. By the way, a cultural phenomenon, Twilight, that swept the nation, and then quickly exited. Yeah, was right. Like, everyone was cool. obsessed with it. Then we were done. Hunger oh, no. Games, same way. Yeah, I was yeah, super yeah. obsessed with it, though. It's I was like, a top commenter on a Twilight fan site for oh, months. So that just shows you how hard of a life I was living in, like oh, man. high school. I used to read fan fiction in high school on my laptop when we were allowed it, and no one knew. 
I thought you were going to say you wrote fan fiction, by the way. I I'm, did write fan fiction, actually. I wrote True Blood fan fiction and Vampire Diaries fan fiction. And I, I had a following. I think I, I think you sent me a clip of that. You're like, oh, here's some of my writing. It's a True Blood, True Blood oh, fanfic. God, I, oh. And I, I read it. And I was just like, I think, I think I had a stroke. I don't know what I just read. No, I know. It was unfortunate. I had a following, too. Who the hell was following me? Okay, but back. So what I've been listening to, though, is what my favorite (laughs) band was for a really long time, which was Paramore. Um, And they still, you know what? I have a really, like, I still, like, have such a deep love for Paramore. I really do. Still Um, really good. Oh, they are really good. And they're changing, too, their music style. It's it's interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I've been listening to that. I, like, I know that Haley Williams just came out with a new album literally, I think, like, a few days ago or a day ago. Yeah. I think so, Friday. We're recording this on yeah. Saturday night, so literally the day before, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have a strong comment or feeling on her solo. I'm not really a fan of it yet, but I feel like I'll grow to like it because I love her. And her voice is awesome. So I've kind of like, somewhere in there, I'm just, I love Paramore. Um, but yeah, I've been really like going hardcore into like listening to that stuff i've also been listening to all time low again but like uh, yeah super pop still super popular it's uh it's so bad yeah but then but then i have like this other part of me which is like my older taste in music um like i really like i've been listening to like some childish gambino stuff because i feel like it just makes me feel positive um and i love donald glover donald glover is like just so amazing um and then uh i've been listening to uh like churches and all that they have a new song forever separate but together yeah so i don't know if we talked about it on the podcast but um, i was gonna put over I, his relationship I, with churches i love churches i won't get into that but they did something cool forever is a song off their last album and they did a separate but together mix of it where all four of them recorded uh the song in all four different houses and put it oh. together it sounded great and then they even did it uh, a version of it like a almost like a full music video version of it for uh jimmy fallon which was really oh, cool that's dope and uh, I, just, I, it, uh, I just listened to it on that released radar thing um yeah. on Spotify, which has been awesome people at home if you don't do it or if you're like me and you just discovered it for some reason uh it's great uh, i've been getting some good songs during this time that aren't songs I used to listen to when I was 12 and going through puberty. So there's that. Excellent. I'm going to use the, that version of that song as your pick for this week. So we can put that in the comments or in the description of this episode, you can hear, uh, you can get links to all the songs that we're going to recommend. And that's going to be Laura's bill. What do you have? Okay. So I am going to one revisit mine from last week because that wasn't even a thing. So, real quick, um, my pick last week, which I drunkenly stumbled through, was Living in a Ghost Town, the new song from the Rolling Stones. Um, what a weird sentence to say. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, I found it on release radar. So, that's how I found out. And I was like, oh, my God, Rolling Stones have a new song. I'm like, this has to be like a re-release. And it was like, no, it was newly recorded. And the Rolling Stones haven't put out really much great in the last, I don't know, 20 to 30 years of new original <laughs> stuff. So I was very surprised that this had the trappings of very classic Stones, but with a modern edge. I was very surprised this band at this stage of their career could put out something that good. So if you're a Stones fan, definitely check it out. Classic rock fan, definitely check it out. I think you're really going to love it. 
but what I was listening to a lot this week, since this is early May, May the 4th was on Monday, so obviously Star Wars Day. I had a lot of work I had to do, and I can't really listen to podcasts or a lot of lyrical stuff while I'm writing. I need, like, instrumental. I listened to all of John Williams' Star Wars soundtracks, like, scores. And, oh, dude, it was... If you want to talk about, like, just super motivational, like, get your writing, get your creative juices flowing. The John Williams score from the, the Star Wars films, even from the original three to the new three, uh, no matter what your opinion on those movies are, like, the scores are amazing, iconic, legendary, frame it in the and put it in the Louvre because you just listen to it and it's like, I, I guess I, we've, I forget sometimes that the beauty and brilliance of Star Wars, so much of it is built in the score. Like you're listening to this, I'm like, oh my God, this score made this scene. Like it's as intrinsic to the, uh, of the, as to Star Wars being so iconic as Luke, I am your father. Or I made the Kessel run. This made the Kessel run in 12 parsecs. Like, like it's so intrinsic to Star Wars and it's so, I guess, obvious for me to say, but it's also something we forgot. I think I forgot. I'm just like, God, like this score made this movie so much more than just what we saw on screen. And that, that's my music in a time of quarantine is go find the, the John Williams Star Wars scores. It's brilliant. It's awesome. And if you're working on a project, man, you're going to, it's going to just, you're going to be flowing, doing all that work. You sound like my boyfriend. He literally has uh, a bunch of different um, composed, like, soundtracks thing. Like, uh, I think I never listened to that. Rings, The Hobbit. Like, I think that's one of his, like, and Avengers and, like, we'll be in the car and all of a sudden, like, (laughs) like. I, you know what? I'm not one of the people who usually do that. I'm not a big, um, like, um, symphony score type person. But for some reason, I'm like, I'm just going to give this a shot. And I end up running a 50-page proposal <laughs> listening to it. So I'm like, all right, it works. Uh, but yeah, like the John Williams stuff. I want to listen to the Michael Giancino stuff from, I believe, Rogue One. I haven't listened to that one yet. I'm very interested to see how that compares. Can I give you a recommendation for uh, a, ser- a series of films to to of, of scores that you should listen to while working? Yes, the Oceans movies. Oh yes, no, those are great. I love those in general. Like those are really good. Those are. I am definitely. You know what? Next week, I'm on it. Like the one time you give me a recommendation, I'm actually gonna like go through you, with it. You're definitely gonna do it. Oh, I, um, love, I so- love those movies. So I think I'm going to do uh, – we're going to continue the trend of n- not new stuff really outside of the one church song, which is also technically not new. Um, my friend Will Oliver, he's a fellow photographer. He posted a poll uh, a, uh, and it hit me to my core and I had to answer it oh, because God, he said – going to make me throw up. Oh, ha- absolutely. He said, what's the best Shins album? And oh yeah, I did. No, I actually like the Shins. This is fine. So, uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of the Shins. James Mercer. Uh, I have shot them before for the Popbreak.com. I've reviewed one of their albums before as well. We have not so, interviewed them, right? Say it again. We have no. We never interviewed them. We haven't got the Holy Trinity yet. We will. Um. So, out of Owen Vernon World, shoots too narrow, wincing the night away, poor tomorrow. He put those four up. Uh, I think they have six now. 
five? Yeah, I'd have to double check. But anyway, so right away, I answer. Wincing the Night Away is my favorite Chins album. It's the album that I was introduced to. I love everything about that album. But I did say Shoots Too Narrow is filled with bangers. So today, actually, I listened to Shoots Too Narrow again. And man, that's a fucking amazing album. Um, you know, if 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 you've ever listened to the Shins, you, you definitely know songs like New Slang, um, or Caring is Creepy, which are both in Garden Stage, the the movie that kind of made them who they are, uh, really put them on the map. But uh, there's the the sophomore album, Truth to Narrow, is, is like it's literally filled with bangers. It's such such a good album. And if you had to describe the shins to people, I would just give them that album because it hits on all of their musical influences at once. I'm obsessed. Um, the, the song that I will pick from it um let's go with saint simon i love that song it's got one of the most like like confusingly lyrical openings i'm big fan of it and uh but i could literally pick any of these songs and i would be happy so that's uh my pick uh saint simon from the shins offshoots too narrow uh from 2003 great fucking album great choice thank you thank you Nice. Not, not not something that I hear from Bill in terms of my musical choices. No, I usually just take a huge dump on him. You do. Uh, but let's get into our next recommendation segment where we talk about um, different TV shows and films uh, that should either be on people's radar or something that we just watched. We're like, holy shit, people should be watching this. Uh, it's called The Watch List. Um, let's start with Laura again. Laura, uh, what you so- watching? Uh, okay, well, a lot. Uh, my life has become binging shows and uh, rewatching my favorites. I actually have separated my list between just amazing shows that everyone should be watching and then the feel-good shows that also everyone should be watching that also happen to be good, but make you feel good, real good. Um, but one that everybody really should know about by now is Community um, by Dan Harmon, who is a genius Um I'll be a very uh, nihilistic genius, but a genius nonetheless. Uh, and, co- and controversial, we can. Yes, and controversial, but he's yeah, so he is he is really good with fans, though, and that's awesome. And yeah. I, I mean, I I appreciate when people are good with fans. Uh, I like that. But um, yeah, so big news that happened this week that literally I saw coming from nowhere. Um, I, I I didn't see the Parks and Rec thing coming but i feel like a part of me was like you know michael sure he does this kind of stuff like you know it it was plausible this came out of nowhere because um back in oh god august or september um the cast reunited but donald glover was not there also chevy chase was not there but i i think everybody knows if you're a fan (laughs) of pop culture uh many people know that chevy chase is a dick uh but i mean but i mean (laughs) Everyone I've ever met that's met him has said he's a huge dick. So, okay. Former Steely Dan drummer, Chevy Chase. (laughs) So he's not – so let's leave him out of the equation. But Donald Glover, who has become obviously one of the biggest stars, I would say, in Hollywood right now. Um, Not only is he an amazing artist um, musically, he is a talented writer, director, actor, dancer. Like he does everything. Um, When the cast reunited – back in August or September, uh, 
everyone was there, you know, minus Chevy Chase and minus Donald Glover. And they talked about the fact that Donald wasn't there and that they missed him and all that. But, you know, they made, you know, lighthearted jokes like, oh, it would take a million dollars that to happen. And people, of course, asked the famous question, uh, six seasons in a movie, which has become the uh, tribal cry for every community fan out there. Mm-hmm. And Dan basically, Dan Harmon responded that, while yes, he knew that everyone on the stage with him would do it and he wants to do it himself, a movie, uh, he really did want Donald there. But he knew that that really, at that point in time, was not something that was plausible because of how busy Donald was and, you know, the fact that he really wanted to kind of, Donald Glover has been kind of open with the fact that he wanted to kind of leave that in the past for now. Um, Which broke everyone's heart when that happened. Uh, But... This week, they announced that Community will actually, everyone is going to be reuniting to do a live table read of uh, the episode, uh, I won't do spoilers, never mind, Uh, an episode from season five, and uh, they announced that Donald Glover is coming back and will be doing a live table read with his fellow castmates, and I think every fan in the world of this show did a bit of a squeal like I did, because six seasons in a movie is becoming possibly a thing that we could see in the foreseeable future mm-hmm. with Donald Glover. Hopefully, fingers crossed, but... Where are they going to air this? Uh, they're airing it... I forget where they said they were airing this. Um, well, I, know they, they, I know they just recorded it. Like, it's yeah, recorded. They, yeah. Like, they're not doing it live. They did a live table read together, like a Zoom call, basically. Um, and it's everyone and, and Dan Harmon... Together. And doing a Q&A, so I think they're getting back together again for the Q&A and yeah. the live table read. Yeah. Um, I think they're airing it. Um, oh, it's going to be on the Community YouTube page. There Excellent. you go. <laughs> on Monday, for anyone wondering, it's going to be on Monday, May 18th at 2 p.m. Pacific time via Sony Pictures TV's Community YouTube page. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to be watching it no matter what time it goes on. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's. I, I can't believe it. I really can't. I mean, uh, I really did not see this happening for at least a few years. I, I saw it happening eventually because I do think that eventually Donald Glover would have looked back on it and would have been like, you know, I miss these people. These people mm-hmm. were kind of like family. You know, let's see what we can do. Um, but, you know, he's really he was really, really busy. So I wasn't as a fan expecting him to, you know, drop everything and do this one thing. And now I feel with this nostalgia vibe going on that it might be a real possibility and amazing. Um, I mean, I can't, I, I mean, Al, I know you're a fan too of I'm a huge fan. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually in the middle of a, I'm in the middle of a rewatch right now. Ah, I've already rewatched it like four times. (laughs) I know I'm i I'm on season four, which is the darkest timeline because it's the season without Dan Harmon. Uh, I don't think this has ever happened in a television show like history where a, uh, showrunner was fired uh, and replaced and then rehired the following season. Well, you know, like, Joel McHale actually got Dan Harmon yeah. rehired. Yeah. So the yeah. lead star of the show got the showrunner it's back insane. on. It's, uh, community is a, is a crazy underdog story. I mean, the it was in danger of being canceled after season three. Uh, that's where six seasons in a movie like really started. Yeah. The actual hashtag for. Um, you know, trying to keep the show alive and everything like that. And yeah, we're in the perfect time for these cast reunions because it's so easy to do over something like Skype or Zoom like we're doing right now. Um, you know, we uh, 
something that fell super under the radar was the uh, the cast of Chuck reunited for a table I know. read. Like, oh my no god! One no one cares about, about Chuck, but you. I'm sorry. But Chuck I was a great show. I know. When I saw that, I freaked out. I was like, "What is Chuck?" And they got everybody. I was like, "Oh, I." I Another show I, I just did a rewatch of. I love Chuck. Oh, um, I love but this is this is oh, genius. Watch Chuck people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, that's a great episode that they're doing a table read of because they don't need quote-unquote need Cherry, uh, Chevy Chase. Yeah. Um, having Donald Glover back is amazing because it's like a Donald Glover that we don't see anymore, ever. Yeah, become very like the, serious. Yeah. yeah, serious, but like not... Hmm, I can't explain it because he's still really, really funny. Like, yeah, no, but it's I that think, sitcom guy. Though. No, yeah. I think what it is is that Hollywood, unfortunately, kind of it showed its ugly side, I think, to Donald. And I think that he's just kind of a bit wary of it, which, I mean, how can you not be when you start off so young and you kind of go in, you know, to do this kind of get this success? Um, plus, he had some, he had like, I think he has two kids. So I think that kind of also kind of makes you, yeah, he's got I know two he kids. Had at least yeah. One. Yeah, yeah, he's got a partner. He's, yeah, yeah. What I think, what's called, I think that also kind of makes you a little bit more careful of what you show and what you share kind of thing, which I, I get it. I really, I like, I mean, I don't have kids myself, but I have a niece and, you know, I hope to have kids myself. So I get it, but it's, yeah. yeah. It's but so, it's so funny. I watched this thing on John Mulaney recently and he was talking about Saturday night live and his uh, audition class. It was him. It was Donald Glover, TJ Miller, Bobby Moynihan. Wow. wow. Amongst others. And then Bobby Moynihan made it. <laughs> He made it on the cat, but yeah, but oh, they hired so uh, Malay to the writing staff. Yeah, yeah. But is that how? I, that's not how Tina Fey discovered Donald. No, Tina Fey discovered Fever. Donald Glover through his YouTube channel. Okay, that, I, I know that. For, he, yeah, because he, he was doing Derek comedy. Yeah, mm-hmm. she found him yeah. through that and got interview. He got an interview through that way. Um, Bill, like, did you ever watch any of the Derek comedy stuff? No, I never oh, heard like, it before. It's like very, very old, old YouTube. You know, you know beginnings of youtube and uh he was in a comedy troupe he did that he did a movie with them too um oh mystery I, quest is that what it is something or? like that yeah. yeah i think i've heard There's, that yeah yeah so I think that community was, was also like, community was a show i think that bit that was just too early for its own for its own time i guess which is weird to say it's like i feel like if that show had started now it would have ended up on a streaming service and would have become oh, yeah. massive well, that's yeah. why now it's got. It, I mean, it's on both Hulu and Netflix, which yeah, is yeah. really rare for that to happen. So that's really cool that a lot of people have access to it now. Um, and what it was I, on I mean, I, Yahoo for yeah, a while. Yeah, I know. Right, I can't recommend this show enough to people. Like, it's it's so. I mean, especially the first three seasons, mm-hmm. so perfect. Like, I mean, Dan Harmon has said that, like, you know, he knows that Rick and Morty is his big success, but he mm-hmm. thinks Community is the best work he's ever done. And yeah. I agree. I mean, I love Rick and Morty. That's also something I, you know, it's back right now. It had it. Uh, we just did, it we, we did an interview with what else? Parnell and Chalk for Rick and Morty from Comic Con. It was like, oh, this little cartoon is coming out Adult Swim. No, and and Har- I I talked to Harmon on camera. I don't know if that ever aired, but I talked to Carmen, Harmon and Royland on camera, and I asked him about fucking Community. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, we did. I, asked, I think that did. I think we did publish that. Yeah. 
I asked him, um, would we ever see, like, I think, I don't know if we ever, I think I asked him if we'd ever see a crossover, which never fucking happened. But, uh, oh, technically there was a crossover. Technically there was in the episode, um, the one with uh, Unity, uh, where Rick is uh, saying, okay, now cancel it. Do the, you know, where he creates his own TV show. That's community. Oh, yes. It was community. So, technically, there was a crossover. Yes. I mean, um, have you guys seen also, uh, not change the subject, but uh, Solar Opposites? It's the new show by Justin Rowland. It's, it's literally like Rick and Morty, but positive. It's yeah. like less uh, pessimistic, more optimistic. And it's. I really will probably funny. be talking to you offline about that if you could write a review for that show for us. Oh, I can. I already binged it. <laughs> Great. I'll it's be really messaging you after this podcast. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> Bill, what do you uh, what do you have for us? Uh, okay, so again, I'll redeem last episode's choice a little bit. Uh, Westworld season three just came to an end last weekend. If you liked or had any feelings towards the first two seasons, I highly recommend it. Uh, myself, Alex Marcus, our TV editor, and Kat Manos, our music editor, and episode two guest of this podcast. Well, we did a podcast about it, going over season three. I really think it's awesome. Check it out. It's it it. it definitely absolves a lot of the sins of previous seasons for sure. So if you ever had, if you had some hangups about watching it, I highly recommend you just diving into it. It's, it's eight episodes and it's really great watch. Um, I am going to stick with my star Wars theme for this episode. And hopefully I'm not stealing Al's thunder here, but, um, Disney plus just released, uh, a, a topic of, uh, one of our early podcasts, uh, the Mandalorian documentary series. Uh, it's called Disney Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian. Uh, the first episode aired on May the 4th, and the second episode aired on Friday, uh, May 8th. So I believe it's going to air every Friday, just like The Mandalorian did. Um, it's a really, if you're a big, like, you know, fan of the arts and, like, a big fan of Star Wars, like, this behind-the-scenes series is pretty cool to watch. It's very it's hosted by John Favreau. He does it very much in his old IFC series, Table for uh, Dinner for Five or Table for Five, where Dinner he, for Five, Dinner for Five, where he just basically had a whole bunch of people in a round table. I know one one time he did with like Kevin Smith and George Carlin. I know he's had Vince Vaughn on it. He has a whole bunch. of uh, Dwight Yoakam was on with them too, just talking about it. So the first episodes, all the directors, including Bryce Dallas Howard and Taika Waititi. And the second episode uh, goes more into the the lore and the impact of Star Wars on uh, pop culture, the world in general, and the directors of the series. Uh, it's very cool to watch, um, and uh, it gives you insight on the creative process of The Mandalorian. And I don't know, it's just like everyone's just so positive on it, and so just like we're such big fans. It's like watching fans talk about star wars because that's basically what it is even favreau dives into his own fandom of the of the, the movies and they address the prequels they address you know the animated shows like uh i think brian filoni is one of the he was a director and executive producer uh he worked on clone wars and he talks like justifies the prequels basically and i'm just like <laughs> wow thank you for just like he literally he does a good job of doing it and you're like wow that's really awesome you know yeah and um yeah, so I was I was really into it. So if you love The Mandalorian, I worry if you're a fan of just knowing how the sauce is made, like this is a very cool 30-minute show that breezes by very 
easily for you to watch. Could I add something? Just it's kind of on the cusp of a Star Wars related thing. Um, what we do in the shadows, the TV show is first of all is magnificent. Um, it really yeah. holds up, holds its own. To what we do in the shadows is my favorite movie, um, next to The Princess Bride, which is kind of funny. Which was directed um, by Taika Waititi, Taika and he TV. also started it. Yeah, um, what's called uh, Mark Hamill is actually going to be a guest star on the uh, latest episode for this upcoming week. So, so yeah, so if you want to watch Luke Skywalker as a vampire, uh, do a very familiar voice as in kind of his Joker voice. Uh, Really dope stuff. (laughs) Um. Thank you, Bill, for stealing one of my picks. Uh, I had Laura, thank you one, also for stealing. But Laura, also thank you for stealing one of my picks, uh, Community, because that's all I've been rewatching. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna reuse a pick from a few because the the first season just ended. But if you haven't watched Dave on FXX, um, you can also watch it on Hulu. It is the best show that came out in 2020, and this is a year that Devs came out as well. So that's High praise for me. I love devs. This uh, Dave um, just ended its first season on a insane, crazy 30 minutes of television. Um, almost unexplainable. Uh, it's unlike any finale of a season you'll ever watch. I know that's abstract, mm. but you'll see if you ever watch it. Uh, but I highly recommend it. Even if you don't care about Little Dicky and you don't care about rap, but you just want to watch something that's super funny, super out there, and like with just really great characters. Uh, I highly recommend you watch the first season of Dave because it's it's basically like you know another Atlanta in the sense of just like how does this exist and where do I get more of it? So Dave, I really wanted to watch that show. So now it's great. Go on, yeah. I want to watch that in devs, but I have like a list of shows I have to. Yeah. I keep watching the shows that I love and I've already seen. So here's 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 what I recommend since you want to watch both of those shows. Watch Duck watch Tales. an episode. Watch Ducktales. Watch an episode of Dave. Then watch an episode of Devs, and then cry, and be really really depressed. Then watch okay. another episode of Dave, Dave, and just keep the cycle going. Yeah, yeah. It's a cycle. Oh, devs. The shadows there just for extra effect. Oh yeah. I, I I also love that show and would recommend that too. Uh, what we do in the shadows is fantastic. One of the guys uh, from yeah. one of the, what we do in the shadows was uh, Matt Berry. Was <gasps> I love him? <laughs> he was in a show called I want to say Year of the Rat or Year of the Rabbit. I can't remember. It was on IFC. It was like a send up of all like the like Peaky Blinders, Ripper Street, like kind of like throwback like Victor not Victorian era, but like early 1900s like crime dramas that were like updated with like modern music and modern cinematography he did that it was like a six episode run on ifc this year uh really recommend you guys checking it out it's very good yeah he's fantastic in what we do in the he, literally i think he's like the best cast like 100 oh yeah he like lands his lines every time like without yeah. fail like he could just be sitting there doing nothing and just it's so good. I, ha- I have to stop watching Community and catch up on what we do in the shadows. It's really it's, good. Season two is actually yeah. really good. I know. I really I good. had it's 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 great because I again I love the movie too, um, but the see I think I like the series better. 
I I like the series better in certain yeah. regards, but then I I watch the movie. I it's one movie I can watch like The Dark Knight over and over and over again and never get tired of it. And that's, I, that's high praise coming from me. And we, we talked it. about that last week. We talked about movies that we can watch every day and not get tired of. That's the whole point we were talking about. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, uh, maybe not blacked out during that part. Bill was wasted. Uh, uh, point yes. break, if you're asking me. But you know. yeah. it was. You said point break five times. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll yeah. say it for a sixth. All right, uh, but I think we're in our last segment of the night. It's this is crazy. It's flying by. Uh, but we're gonna talk the glimmer of hope. Glimmer of hope. Oh boy, oh boy. Um, this week's glimmer of hope. And basically the reason we started this podcast to begin with, let's talk about Tiger King. Yeah. Because if this wasn't the best slash un- most unexpected news right out right up there, uh, cast reuniting, uh, Bill, I mean, I-, I think you have to say it because this is like a dream for you. So yeah, what's funny is we, we had talked on episode two a lot. I mean, we've seen almost an hour on Tiger King. Um, yeah. I've tried not to think of it after that podcast because we all came to the conclusion they're all terrible people we should not be yeah. supporting. Um, but the news came out that the lead for the television show has been cast and that human playing – and I say human. I use that in the loosest terms. Okay. Um, the human playing Joe Exotic will be a person we did not even pick and that was Nicolas Cage. Nicholas. Fucking cage is going to be Joe Exotic, and to me, that's perfect. He's actually yep. only one of three Joe Exotics. There are three TV shows coming out about Tiger King. One is going to have Kate McKinnon as Carol yes. Baskin. That is a separate one. Then there's the one with Nick Cage. Um, and then there's one uh, with Rob Lowe, supposedly, as uh, Joe Exotic. I hope that so, never happens. Yeah, I know. That one, I'm like, uh but I'm very interested in seeing because I really feel like these two series, the one with Kate McKinnon and the one with Nicolas Cage, are going to be vastly different series. Yeah, I wish they would. I wish they would combine. They would be like the greatest thing if you had Nick Cage as Joe Exotic and Kate McKinnon as Carol Baskin in the same show. Yeah, but I feel like. I don't know why I'm getting this vibe, but the vibe I'm getting from the Kate McKinnon show is a more serious vibe, and the vibe I'm getting from the Nick Cage show is not a serious vibe. I'm getting a crazy-ass vibe. That's what I'm getting. Here's the most important news. Yes, Nick Cage as Joe Joe Exotic is, like, the best thing I've ever heard, but the thing that really hit me was it's from the showrunner of American Vandal, which is, like, genius. Oh, man. The first, the two seasons that are on Netflix. If you've never seen American Vandal, it's a, it's a, it's a basically a, um, uh, not an homage, but it's like a straight up like mocking of of making a murderer at like this high. It's two different high high schools, yeah. uh, Two different high schools, but it's the same people involved, kinda, Um, and it's. It's satire at like it's it's so well executed and so fucking funny. And for that person to the, the showrunner of that show to be involved in a uh, Tiger King TV series, not only a Tiger King TV series, a Tiger King Nick Cage series. Well, 
I mean, he's gonna go full cage. Oh my god, he's going. Cage. There's no, there's no way. This I, is gonna be like peak Wicker Man cage, like vampire kiss cage. <laughs> it, it's the perfect casting because it's just like we we talked about Danny McBride. Uh, you talked about who did you say? Will Forte. Forte. But if there's someone who's gonna fully embody that non-ironic batshit craziness of Joe Exotic. I think it's Nick Cage. Like, I can already see that very low, somehow sticking to his eyebrow piercing, uh, I, which I don't know how it's still there. Like, I like like it's Nick Cage. I don't think it's still there in prison. <laughs> uh, it might be. Who knows? Uh, but it's, like, it, it's, it's him all the way. And, like, he's going to imbue that weird sort of... He's going to put, like, sincerity into this. Oh, but we... Yep. Can I just say this, though? I'm about to blow your guys' mind. There's one person that has not been mentioned at all to play uh, Joe Exotic. And I didn't see it at first. But once you see it, you will never unsee it. Michael Keaton. Now, just take the face of Michael Keaton and put it next to Joe Exotic. I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, but it's ridiculous when you see it. Like, when you see it up, like, comparison... But I don't know, they like, like. <laughs> I don't know if he could pull that character off without Beetlejuice. Though I think he yeah, could pull off. Yeah, but he would be too characters. hammy, almost. Like, you know what I mean? He'd be too playing it for laughs. Yeah, but Joe Exotic was super hammy. He wore a freaking EMT jacket after someone got their arm ripped off. <sighs> yeah, no, I get it, but um, that's the definition of ham. Like, that's true. Let me let me pose this question to you guys. So we're so, you know that that was like. Early quarantine. Will you know, are people over Tiger King? Like I'm talking like general pop culture. Are we, have we moved past Tiger King? Like when this stuff comes out, are we going to give a shit? Because we had Tiger King, then we had the extra episode with Joel McHale. We had like TMZ came out with stuff. I think TLC came out with stuff. So we're we're the, the market's been a bit saturated with Tiger King content, and we also realize all these people are awful. Like yeah. there's no redeeming qualities to most of them. Are we gonna? F- are these series gonna be fully embraced by pop culture? Are we just gonna be like, oh, like, I don't even want to think about this shit. No, I think that we are over it. But I think if this comes out like once, like we've kind of come through the other side of this tunnel, I think it's gonna be one of the biggest hits ever because I think it's yeah. gonna be something where we're like, oh my god, like that was you know our first memories of quarantine like it's mm-hmm. gonna be a thing where people are gonna be like oh shit like now this is over and i can take a breath like i need to see this thing i need to live it again you know like i yeah. think it's gonna be if they have to time it, it i totally two months but i know. totally agree because they're gonna have to film it so it's gonna have to be way past quarantine until we actually see it but it's gonna be like fire festival like you said bill like it's the second bite of the apple fire festival happened it takes over pop culture for like a week and then we'd never think about it again until the, the the documentaries come out and it's two on the exact same day. And we just get like another like week of just caring about it because there's not just the footage and everything and the scandal and whatever, but then there's also the conversation of, Oh, there's two competing docs with two completely different messages and viewpoints and stuff. So now we're going to get that with, all these different series coming out. So yeah, we can give a shit about Tiger King right now, but we're going to give a shit about it as soon as it comes back. 
I, I really hope those two come out of roughly around the same time. The the oh, be Kate McKinnon, Nicholas Cage ones, the Rob Lowe one. I'm like, unless that's got some sort of insane cast to it, like I don't, I just don't want that to happen. See, I don't want them to come in the same time together because then I feel like that's the fire festival thing all over again. Because then, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah I'm fine I, with that too. I didn't want to watch. Uh, like I think it was the Hulu one, which was not as good as the Netflix one. I don't know whichever one wasn't as good. Whichever well, one it depends inter- on who you ask, really. Yeah, I mean, uh, the but, Hulu one's not as good, but then you realize that the Netflix one was produced by the guys. Was total PR. Who, oh yeah, I know. I just remember like, produced Jerry, by the like, fuck Jerry guys. Fuck Jerry yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I literally met the guy that said, uh, "What's it called?" Um, take one for the team. That, yeah, take one for the team. I met him. He was at the social media week last year. You remember? Ow. Yeah, you were there. Why yeah, were you there? I was there yeah. I told yes, you, you were her. there. Yeah, she was there. There, forgot about that. Yeah, I got to meet Andy too. Andy was so nice. Because yeah. um, everyone he's, forgets, he's like he's a he was a major player and like planning yeah. and stuff like that. Like he's just not uh, that guy, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't, at one point, I mean, when we we talked to him, like right, like kind of right after that, and uh, that's how we got him involved in my company. Um, and he had spoke to a, a couple of our conferences and he said that like during one of like the onstage things, like he was working on a television show because okay. of that, because of that one moment Line. from a documentary <laughs> and he became an overnight star. Okay, I just remember good. everyone that was working, like all the people like that were like part of like where I was working. Everyone was like, guys, 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 take one for the team. And I'm like, what? I, I like could I didn't register to me. And the guy walked by. I'm like, oh, shit, take one for the team. <laughs> he has not heard that <laughs> phrase every day of his life for the last year. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. He's embraced it. And he got to be in a fucking commercial with Ryan Reynolds. So who cares? Yeah, he yeah. And quotable. <laughs> he didn't want yes, to hear it. Um, but this, this may go on record, Bill, I don't know. Is this our quickest podcast we've ever done? Uh, well, it will be because not counting last week because Lucas edited a shitload out of it, but like, yeah, this is our quickest, I think I said it may be the first one. Uh, this is our quickest and, uh, most informative episode ever. Our most lucid episode for sure. I, I wonder if like there's a connection between not getting hammered and being able to record a podcast at a normal amount of time. Don't overthink it. All right. Uh, they just Laura's my, a great guest. Laura's a great That's guest. True. Yeah. That's true. That's um, true. Well, thank you, Laura. Laura, thank you so much for joining us uh, on this week's episode of Socially Distance. Where can people find you on the social medias, as Bill says? Uh, well, people can find me on Facebook. I, I mean, I definitely post my stuff um, there, and then I kind of have a Twitter. I am like the least you social got hacked this week. <laughs> I got hacked this week. Did. I got hacked. So Bill told me I got hacked. You were, so. you were promoting like Ray-Ban sunglasses to and tagged a whole <laughs> bunch of people. I'm like, gosh, shit. Surprise, she got hacked. You really hustle. are an old soul. Who yeah, I yeah, I literally, I don't You're. use Instagram. I don't use anything anymore. Uh, you could find me in my gremlin hole where I watch TV shows and movies and I just where, recommend Where can people where can people find your True Blood fanfic? Oh my god. No, you guys want want some reading material? Yes. Laureate 4445. Check it out. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus still Christ. Active. Yeah, That's... it's still active. 
so sad. I hope uh, everyone feels comfortable knowing I was like 14 when I wrote all this. So have fun, guys. <laughs> Bill, <laughs> Bill, uh, not only uh, can where people find you, but uh, what do we have going on at thepopbreak.com right now? Sorry, I'm still getting over all Laura's comments. Um, okay, so yeah, check out thepopbreak.com every single day. What do we have going on? Well, we're not shooting concerts, I can tell you that. But if, uh, you know what, if we get the opportunity to shoot a drive-through, drive-in, whatever type of concert you want to call it, we're going to try. We're going to make it happen. Um, but yeah, right now we have some cool stuff that's up on the site. Um, most recently... Um, a lot of TV reviews on there. Like I said, we had a ton of podcasts just re- released too. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can search the Breakcast or on SoundCloud. Um, we just had, like I said, the Westworld uh, piece. Uh, sorry, podcast came out. We had our 20th anniversary podcast about the release of Gladiator, done by Aaron and Josh Sarnecki, which is really cool. Um, of course, socially distanced podcasts. Find us on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. Um, you know, we're covering uh, Dark Side of the Ring every single week from Vice. Um, just a ton of stuff happening right now. And check out the new uh, review of Valley Girl. I know movies are very scarce these days, but um, it's if you're looking for a new movie that's a little alternative, um, Marissa Carpico did a great job with that review. Uh, check us out uh, all the time on Twitter at popbreak.com. On the Twitter machine, uh, we are forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out on Facebook, at the popbreak on Instagram. And if you want to see, like, just, like, hear me talking about wrestling and weird stuff, like, I'm at Bodkin Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. Uh, I am also have a podcast, uh, one-year anniversary podcast I do with my good buddy Mike Haliger. Uh, it's called The Blurred and the Beard. We, it's a podcast we do every single year. We put on the breakcast. Uh, he works in the music industry. We've gone over the last like eight or nine years doing this podcast so that'll be out this week as well awesome and then i am at al manor on instagram and twitter instagram is my child and my dog and then twitter is me talking about how an album from 2003 is really good and it's by the shins uh this has been socially distanced that's not usually our sign off but i guess it is now as i'm half asleep but thank you all for listening And we will see you next week. Bye-bye.